back to Unfeigned Christianity, where we seek to find culturally aware, biblically nuanced, and Jesus embodying responses to current day issues. Today is a unique podcast episode. I've never done anything like it in two, in two areas. First of all, I'm going to be entering a conversation I don't know anything about. Like most most interviews that I select or most conversations I record an episode for is something that I've been studying or, or have experience with personally. This conversation is not the case. We are going to be discussing spanking and its connection with sexual violence towards children. It was instigated by an essay that a mutual friend of, of the, the person I'll be interviewing and me sent me the essay this person wrote and it was kind of jarring for me to read but also because I'm in this world of, of sexual purity, sexual wholeness and am also a parent in Spanky, like I, I have a lot of questions about it, a lot of things I want to learn about. I, my wife and I ourselves have been on this journey of kind of evaluating is spanking like actually as important as maybe we grew up with or have been taught through various books and so forth and so yeah it's it's a pretty raw conversation i ask questions i don't know how he's like sometimes i'll do an interview and i've read the book right and so i ask a question i know how they're going to answer i think y'all should hear it well this i don't know how this person is going to respond to my questions and so i don't even know if i'm asking the right questions so it's a pretty raw conversation but it's a good conversation i really enjoyed my conversation with this person the second way in which i've never done this before is because of how current this person's story is and and because of some relationships that this person values they asked if they could remain anonymous and so we've distorted the the voice and we have left the name off for this podcast episode and we're not going to be doing a video version of it it's just going to be a thumbnail and you'll you'll see the title of the episode but that is out of respect for this person we had some conversation about whether or not this person could just talk about spanking in general the research that this person has done on it and we felt that their story was a pretty crucial part of the conversation as a whole and so we just decided to go with the anonymous version but i hope you find it helpful for the expanded portion we spent some time talking about ways we can train and discipline our children without spanking if we're not going to spank how can we teach our children to obey how can we teach discipline in a way that is not violent and does not have some of the repercussions that spanking might have and so if you're interested in that visit www.asherwitmer.com forward slash member or click the link below you can get access to this expanded version as well as all expanded episodes and all deep dives and other member only content thank you and here's my conversation on spanking So we are here together with my guest today, 
to discuss spanking and maybe particularly its connection with uh, sexual struggles that can be generated. And as I said in the intro, out of respect for the currentness of this journey and this story, we, we are going anonymous with my guest and also with his voice. But I, I was a mutual friend shared an essay that he wrote. It's been a few months now. I can't remember. Was that back in February or so? Or maybe you had written it before that. Yeah, I think it was okay. posted February sometime. And mm-hmm. yeah, she she had, she knew I was, I forget what prompted her to share it with me, knew I was interested in this topic, um, particularly sexual healing, sexual brokenness like that. That's kind of been part of my world that I that I write about and talk about and have have my own story but this came at it from a a new angle that I had never had never heard about and that was particularly how spanking can be a part of of exciting sexual arousal within children at an early age and that was a whole new concept for me I I'm familiar with the way some people, some adults have sexual fetishes about spanking and physical, even physical pain, even more uh, dramatic than spanking. But I was not aware of how it, corporal punishment can can cause arousal within children. That that was kind of a new concept. And so I've had a little back and forth with my guest here. And basically, I just was curious if you'd be willing to come on and talk about it more in depth, share his story. And just told him like, hey, this is a totally new conversation. I think this is a new thing to do even on the podcast, like jump into a whole new conversation that I don't have much context or research in myself. And he, sh- he shared, it was like an Instagram post by a, a ministry, Flourishing Homes and Families, that has an a-, a campaign advocating against child trafficking and and this particular post just went into kind of gave a concise overview of the of experts calling for a revisiting of corporal punishment i guess you could say over the last 100 years and so that kind of helped me get my a bit of a base kind of to launch on but i i would love to just if you just share your story with us i we were talking off air and there's a lot of different things we could talk about as it concerns this topic. I, I don't really know where the next hour is going to take us. We we both were talking also about other forms of trauma, religious trauma. And I think, I think spanking has, it's very relevant to Christian circles because of a desire to be faithful in parenting according to scriptures and and we all know the verse the proverb spare the rod spoil the child is that how it goes um i don't think that's quite how it goes but <laughs> um that concept that um if you don't who he who doesn't train by the rod i cannot remember the verse but we're mm-hmm. we're all familiar with it i think but so there's a lot of kind of religious backing to that practice 
And I guess the question is, are there side effects? We could have the question of like, what does that proverb actually mean? What does that passage mean? But are there side effects to the practice that are actually creating trauma and leading to sinful struggles within our children? So, yeah, I don't, I'll just open it up to you. You dive in and we'll go from there. Yeah. Thanks, Asher. Um, yeah. And I appreciate like the safe space to, to kind of talk about it. It's, I mean, it's, I'm sure if, if people are listening, it's, it's sensitive, right? I mean, we know that, like you said, within the, within Christian spaces, like we want to be faithful, uh, the way to, to scripture and to the things that we're thinking about when we think about raising kids. But I think, so, so maybe what I'll do is I'll just, I'll briefly tell my story mm-hmm. as it relates to this, if that's all right. And then yeah, we can maybe dive into the, some of the things you raised, like you raised some really good questions right at the, the get go there with Proverbs and mm-hmm. how we think about all that. And because of my story, I've, I've thought a lot about that because I had to wrestle through, you know, how things had impacted me and then like looking at scripture and saying, you know, what's going on here. So, you know, I'm a, I grew up in a, a conservative Anabaptist context and uh was i think this is an important part of the, the the story is that i think sometimes when people hear of of trauma as it relates to kind of my story they, they think about a really kind of chaotic home life or you know maybe you know just a lot of abuse uh and that just was not the case uh in my my home life i had a relatively uh happy uh, childhood. My parents loved Jesus. My that we were dysfunctional, like every family. <laughs> but still, I mean, when I compare it to to other spaces that I've been in, it was overall I have a lot of good memories uh, growing up. But but the the reality was is my parents were were firm believers in corporal punishment, spanking, as was kind of outlined in the church. There was a lot of teaching on it. People would talk about it, that it's, you know, a literal interpretation of, of Proverbs as um, physically hitting a child, generally on the, you know, on their butt as a way to discipline them for, for disobedience, that kind of thing. It's interesting because I know, like, well, we can maybe get into it. I'll just finish my story. So for me growing up, that was pretty normal. And when I compare my story to, like, my cousins, for example, who just lived down the road and we farmed together with them we grew up the same, right? I mean, we had the same kind of discipline happen. And a lot of my friends at school, I went to a Mennonite school, a lot of my friends at church, I know kind of experienced the same types of, of discipline. And I, and I think when, okay, so you have to, when people say the word spanking, it means different things culturally. So just for, for my experience and for the experience of quite a few kids that I knew, it was generally more than just like a single swat on a, on a clothed butt. It was usually done with, well, in our home anyway, like a, a wooden paddle or something like that. And it was, it could be pretty hard, like pretty brutal, <laughs> like um, five or six, seven hits or something like that. And so, and that was just, if you, if it was clear disobedience, that's what happened. And so I have distinct memories of that growing up and for me, I, I mean, I've done a lot of thinking therapy <laughs> since that something happened with my nervous system in the, in response to that. And it was a very overwhelming experience for me as a kiddo. 
uh, and it also led to sexual arousal. And I mean, it took years for me to say that out loud because that's not exactly something you bring up at a, you know, accountability group even necessarily. It just feels like who wants to say that, right? You know, I was aroused by childhood spankings kind of thing. And I was never, as far as I know, I know that the brain is an interesting place and that sometimes memories are repressed until much later in life. But as far as I know, I wasn't sexually assaulted in in any other ways other than an experience with a babysitter as a young kid, which was kind of, again, this is sensitive, like it felt exploratory. Again, would probably be put under the category of of sexual abuse. So there is that one instance in my life. Uh, and I bring that up because I'm often asked that question. I think people are really quick to wonder if there was some sort of, I've heard the words wires crossed uh, because of sexual assault. And and I, as far as I know, like I said, having done work and, and um, there is nothing in, in my past other than that instance that I want to hold out with the, with the babysitter. So yeah, and it was, so then because that happened to me as a kid, that it felt like my, my pathways in my brain were wired in a way that when I started developing sexually, I'm in puberty, this was a part of that. So, and it always has been, I am a heterosexual male and have always have been, but feel that pain and pleasure got wired into my psyche from a very young age through childhood spankings. And it's something I've had to process, pull apart, work with, pray through, find guidance and, and support. And that is something to this day that I, that I work through. Yeah. I mean, I'm blessed. I don't know. I don't know what I can all say on this podcast, but I'm blessed to be, I'm blessed to be in a relationship where, you know, my wife and I have been able to have just really open dialogue. We, you know, have both worked on this together. So that's been beautiful. And so I'm in a place now where I can really talk about this. And, and that's why I'm talking about it, honestly, is because I'm not the only kid that experienced it this way. I've had a lot of conversations since kind of posted my story with, with uh, people who grew up within. And because my world is conservative Anabaptist, I know there's other people from other traditions who also experienced corporal punishment. So I don't, but because that's my world that I knew uh, growing up, I've spoke with other people who experienced the same thing, sexual arousal. And uh, there's lots of dif different, there's research on it. There's hmm. things I can talk about later, maybe, but that's just kind of the, that's the story. Yeah. Yeah. You, you may have said, I, I missed it. How old were you when, when you first started noticing the, the arousal with your spanking? Yeah, that's a good question. It's interesting, right? Because a young person doesn't, at least mm. my experience, didn't really know what it was, right? It was pretty young. I would say probably six, seven. And yeah, so that was, and again, I don't remember too much before. I mean, I remember things yeah. before that, but not connected to this. So yeah, I would say probably that. And, and like I have, this is a totally new conversation to me. And so I have thoughts and questions that I may ask, we'll see, that, that are totally just, just like trying to explore and get get um things out of my mind or things in my mind on the on the t conversation table <laughs> because yeah like sometimes topics i might have a guest on and i've already done some research and so there's particular angles i'm wanting to hear feedback on or something and and that's not the case mm -hmm. here so some of my questions might seem really basic some of them might and i want you to feel free to like if i'm asking the wrong question or asking it the wrong way, like, let me know that, 
Absolutely. Just you, you referenced the point with the, the babysitter and I find it, you know, interesting that hmm. that would, that people would be quick to go there. I think like your, your whole point of coming from a more or less healthy family and yet having a unique sexual struggle is very common. I'm finding <laughs> for, for some reason, like if somebody faces attraction to someone of the same gender or faces gender identity struggles. Are they a man? Are they a woman? We, it's easy for us to kind of, well, that's because they had a domineering mom and passive dad or whatever, like some, and the more people I know who actually face those struggles, the more that they're very normal people. Like, and we all know plenty of unhealthy families that, have normal straight heterosexual kids (laughs) and so i I was curious like when you brought that up like was with the babysitter was there any sort of physical anything related to spanking or like padding that that would have been in conjunction yeah it's interesting not really i mean i've wondered about it right so because i had to really process that pull it through therapy okay it's 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 hazy for me right it's not something really good memory on it's just something that kind of sits there and i can kind of say briefly so i I can't give a really good answer to that but it's a good question for sure i know i know that that can sometimes like for people who have sexual fetishes like that that it can sometimes be the excuse me the result of of that type of event happening in in conjunction with their first sexual experience or sexual but that's not mm-hmm. not always the case for everything what and again this is kind of a basic question but it's just because it's so new to me <laughs> so like what do you know of other people friends growing up or people in your i know you've in your adult life you've journeyed in different church communities but like are there everyday people that you know of who also have have this type of story like i guess my question is like how common is it yeah like so yes i do um i do know people and i talk to people been able to kind of build connections just through you know different having having wrote the the essay that i did and then thinking through and then that connected me to different people Um, there were people who reached out and kind of alluded to right everybody's story is different everybody has it's not like you know, they can say X plus Y equals this, right? But it, it it is, it's interesting though, when I talk to people, there is definitely a, at least in the people I've talked to, and it's not a, a ginormous sample size to get to the second part of your question. I'm, this is untested. I'm not, I'm not reading this from like a Harvard study, but <laughs> I do think, I do think I'm probably in a minority for sure. Like, I don't think that something that happens to the majority of people who are spanked. I think if it was the majority, I think this conversation would happen a lot more. But I do think it is based on a couple different things. I, you know, I think there's factors. I think there's things like people's individual nervous systems. You know, we were, we're built differently. So sensitive people, and I think I'm one of those in, in some ways, will tend to react to their environments uh, in ways that other people won't. Right. I mean, it's when you get into the whole conversation about trauma, that's, I mean, you just think about two people experiencing the same thing within a, a household or something like that and two very different outcomes in terms of 
coping and that yeah. sort of thing. So yeah. no, that makes sense. You know. I I was just gonna I was curious what the response was to your essay. Like, were, was there a major response? Was was there all like was it all positive or was were there people who reacted to it? Yeah, there was. I would say it was it was interesting. It feels to me like something that there was quite a few positive and, and in the spaces that it was shared, I think are places where people are really asking questions about things like this. And so a lot of the people are like, yes, let's, let's not spank our kids. There's too many reasons it can go wrong. That kind of thing. There were some people pushing back who would get on there and, and, you know, really, and the, the pushback is generally about the authority of scripture and people are worried that you're, you're, you know, getting away from a literal interpretation, which obviously is think uh there's a lot you can you know talk about there maybe we can but the 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 other part though is that i do think there's another whole subset of people that are just like maybe like you or like other people are just like oh wow and they're not sure what to say (laughs) or like and i get that right it's it's something where you're just like oh interesting and so surprisingly there's maybe not surprisingly or there's not a ton of sometimes there's actually not a ton of feedback Right. It just kind of sits there. And I think a lot of people silently, you know, they're not sure what to say. Yeah. And yeah. just in, you know, a, f- a few years of blogging and stuff, like I've discovered that some, there's no rhyme or reason, at least that I can predict, like some, something hits hard and it's a lot of negative pushback. People don't like it. Then there's some things where it's all like positive. Thank you for saying that. And I have that same experience or whatever, but then there's, and this has happened recently just in the last few months of a of a podcast i did actually where i figured it would be fairly controversial but it was like no feedback like i couldn't tell and i could tell on the analytics that a lot of people were listening to it but there was no feedback and i think in discussing it with the guest i had on i think it's because it it is one of those conversations where a lot of people have their own questions and are wondering and 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 know it's controversial. And so, yeah, I, I was, I was curious how, yeah. how the feedback would be for me just to give a little, like why this is especially intriguing to me. And I don't think the friend who shared it with me would have known that my wife and I are here. Like, so we, we grew up in homes that got spanked. I was spanked. It sure felt like I was spanked more than any of my siblings. I don't know if they would <laughs> agree with that or not, but I was, I tended to be the, the more rebellious child and just like your story, you know, it was, it was not the only way my parents disciplined, but it was, you know, when there's clear disobedience, it was taught and promoted that you spank and the modes would have like a lot of the times it would have been the paddle. Sometimes it was with a belt, but I never, like, I, I look back, there's trauma that I look back on in my childhood and I do not, at least, and I've had some therapy, but they haven't pointed it. Maybe they haven't caught on to it being connected to spanking, but as far as I'm aware, it's not connected to spanking. It's been more as a parent sure. that I begin to like reevaluate, you know, so my kids hit each other. Mm-hmm. And I get very stern with them about like mm-hmm. th- your your brother or your sister's body is not yours to be to to touch without yeah definitely without their consent but even you know 
you want to touch in ways that honor them and not, you know, just bring pain or hurt. Right. And so then when, when I spank, and I guess also in my own self, like I've noticed there's a very fine line. The teaching is that you spank, like don't spank when you're angry, spank under control. And just, there's a very fine line between, because we as parents do get frustrated with our kids. And yeah. And so my wife and I have been like processing this, like, I'm not sure we should actually be spanking just, just because of our own weaknesses. And then when I read your essay, it was kind of the mm. straw that broke the camel's back. I guess you could say of just like, man, I think I should do a deeper dive just into the, your, your, your essay brings up two things. One is the use of spanking as, as way of child rearing but then also the the sexual component of of what it does in in children can i just comment on that like you i because it's interesting like the 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 disciplining and love thing and and i think that was that was actually the the problem one of the problems for me uh when i do the processing now was that my young brain had a really hard time understanding the like how this was love because of the way that I was being impacted by it. It's because I think I was a, a pretty sensitive kid. And and your story rings true for me of other people I've talked to who were like, yeah, I had some stuff in my childhood, but the spanking really didn't, like, I don't feel it as trauma. And like, I don't, like, I'm sure that's true. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't disagree. Like, I, because I know that we experience things differently in the world. I mean, that's part of what makes us so complex and as human beings. But what, what I think is just really dangerous is the mixing of love and violence. And I honestly, I'm just going to use the violence because we, we've kind of, we've sanitized it in a lot of ways. Like we use the word spanking, right? Because I, I wonder about that as maybe it's a way to, to make it sound different than what it can be. So for me, that was that kind of, I think was a part of what happened for me was love and pain uh, connect. And then also, you know, becoming me not understanding like how this, yeah. how this is love, you know what I mean? So I can think of a couple times where I know, <laughs> I know my parent was angry for sure, but it didn't, that whole like very calm approach bothered me hmm. the most, I guess. Because it felt it, like something felt off. And for me, it, yeah, my body was doing things that felt like betrayal. Felt like I'd been betrayed by my body. And that is something that, sorry, I'm packing no, a lot in, fine. in one <laughs> comment here, but I'll, I'll, I'll close it. A friend of mine who I talked to about this, uh, they used that comment. They had a similar experience that they mm -hmm. felt like their body betrayed them, right? Because. I mean, what the heck? That's not supposed to happen when you're, you know, receiving childhood discipline. And so, and then I, so I thought about that and I thought, well, I don't, it may not be betrayal. It may be your body trying to defend itself or trying to understand huh. how this is love. Yeah. No, I, I, that, that totally makes sense. I think, I mean, I've thought about that in other areas, not, not, not necessarily how spanking is arousing something within my child but yeah like how does that or or even for me it tends to be tone of voice you know i think it's um is it ken davis who has this 
the spiel about Sunday mornings before church, like parents yapping at their kids about, you know, getting dressed well, behave so we can go and listen to the love of, learn about the love of Jesus. <laughs> like that, yeah. There, there are many areas of Christian parenting, particular like where our hypocrisy, like as a parent, it's it it's hard because it's like I'm not trying to be unloving. <laughs> we want to be loving, but where that kind of comes creates cognitive dissonance in our for our kids. Like, wait, you're teaching me this, but we're doing this. Hey friends, this podcast is brought to you in partnership with the Dwell app. I don't know how many of you are familiar with the Dwell audio Bible app, but this app is phenomenal. It It's changed my life in several different ways. As a Bible college student, I do tremendous amounts of Bible reading throughout the semester, more than I normally do. And I'm not a fast reader. And so one of the ways that I have been able to keep on top of the Bible reading is through the Dwell app. One one of the things I really like about it is there's very meditative, reflective music played in the background of the reader. So it's not dramatized. Some some audio Bible apps are dramatized and that's a little, I don't know, not my cup of tea. But it's a very calming and just peaceful way of having the Bible read to you. There's also, there's at least 15, I think there's close to 30 by now, different voices that you can choose from. There's many different translations you can choose from. For the ESV, I think there's maybe two or three voices, if that makes sense. But there's over 15 voices for sure. And so you can have a female voice, you can have a male voice, you can have a British accent, you can have an American accent, you can have a Canadian accent or a... Well, I like the British accent, so I listen to the Bible in the British accent, and it's it's been a really good way to keep on top of my homework, but also I have found, sometimes I'll be listening to Audio Bible as I commute someplace, or as I'm doing some other work, or even in the morning. Sometimes it's hard to wake up, you're tired, and to sit down and read, it literally feels like an intellectual exercise. You're just... It's like school, like starting your day with school. And I love learning things, but I'm not like, I don't do well at starting my day with school. And so when you wake up and you're tired, but you want you want to meditate on the word of God to just put in my Air, AirPods and listen to the Dwell app is an incredible way to start my morning, just in peaceful worship, meditation. I hear things differently when I hear it being read than when I read it. I personally think you should read and hear it both, but that's one thing I like about audio Bible is different things stick out that didn't stand out before. I'll listen to it as I'm going on a run or something, and I can't say enough good about the Dwell app. And so if you would like to take your meditation, your Bible reading to another level, you can also, if you're not able to sleep at night, you can put in your AirPods and and listen to the scripture being read and fall asleep that way. I've used that at times as well, but you can start for free. There's a link in the description below, or you can go ahead and purchase the, the annual plan, which I have. And it's, to me, it's very much worth it just in the way, a couple things, the way it helps me uh, meditate and kind of a fresh view a fresh experience with scripture and then also the way it helps me keep on top of my homework it's been very helpful for me i'm curious where like i have not i've not done any research on this 
and I don't know if you have either, but like, where did the spanking corporal punishment as a form of child training culturally, like there's two aspects culturally or even within the church, like where did that become a common thing? Is it embedded throughout history? Is, was there a period of time where Mm -hmm. like homeschooling where it kind of hit the radar and became a big thing or (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because it's culturally so so dependent on culture, right? Like you'd even think about, for example, Canada. It doesn't have the kind of spanking culture that like the South does or, or something like that. So it's culturally. But in terms of history, so I've done a little bit of, of thinking and or like reading on this. And there's a couple different uh, schools of thought. But I was just reading recently, Gabor Mate, who's done a lot of work on trauma. He talks about how indigenous cultures, so... Native Americans here, they they had no context for corporal punishment. It was the Europeans who brought it here. So Europe was doing it for a long time. And when you think of spanking as it's done and practiced within kind of Christian traditions, more conservative context, not just Christian, but in, you know, conservative spaces that would use it, you know, the kind of like hitting on the, on the butt that is not actually what proverbs is talking about that comes from british penal Mm -hmm. law right that was how the british to flog their sailors how they you know british schoolboys kind of thing you know in the boarding schools they would have them you know bend over pull their pants down and get flogged that way so it comes from a mixture of kind of the the british empire and then that kind of seemed to connect with America, like Puritans, right, coming over here, and they were teaching everyone how to beat the devil out of their children, as some of their, some of their uh, pastors were saying, right? They had a very reformed view of kids, which was like, they're, they're evil little things, uh, and we got to make sure. Just to verify, like, you're not making anything up, like that, they literally talk in, in the Puritan writings about beating the devil out of, yeah. Yeah, an actual, those are like actual quotes. And I don't have them in front of me here. Maybe I should have, I apologize. But listeners can go look them up. And I'm trying to think of specific Puritans who, who use those. Yeah, I, I remember uh, reading phrases. it in college. I, I can't recall who it was, but yeah. And so you see kind of within like, even in the rest, like the kind of like 50s in the US, this kind of like moral moralism, um, this really kind of, that kind of seeps into evangelicalism i've jumped a few decades here but right just for lack of time you have kind of this you know law and order a kind of understanding of how we maintain discipline in the home because how it is in the home it is in the church it is in the land right and so that yeah spanking i think was and is a product of the British Empire, mm-hmm. as we as we know it today, that is not to say that other cultures didn't use corporal punishment in different ways throughout the world. But as we see spanking in homes today, within you know Mennonite or conservative Christian contexts, it comes directly from from kind of the British Empire and the way that they would mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. keep people in line. Proverbs verses. I mean, there's lots there, and Flourishing Homes and Family has done so much work on that. If anyone's interested in kind of reading their stuff they've got a lot of really good hermeneutically sound in my opinion of course uh stuff done on on those verses and how solomon is talking about um the rod as a judicial punishment as Mm -hmm. set up by israel right in the way that he 
keep your young youth in line. So he's not talking about a two-year-old who throws a temper tantrum, but a 15-year-old, you know, who needs to be flogged so that he doesn't get stoned, right? Save him from death, which is a very, very different conversation than what's generally happening when, you know, a couple swats for a three-year-old or whatever. Uh, This was more like, you know, temple temple square kind of stuff. That's interesting. Yeah, I'd be interested. I haven't looked up more from flourishing families and homes. Is that what you said? Yeah. I've even thought about the fact that like the rod and I don't, I haven't looked into this passage specifically, but the rod is a phrase used for discipline or like governing. Similarly, I mean, it's a different, you know, to how Paul uses the sword for government in Romans. That's not just speaking of an actual physical sword. So like our, America today hardly has any swords, probably. Maybe we have some in the, but the, just that, that role of governing and disciplining rule and so mm-hmm. forth. Like the rod is used in a similar way in the Old Testament. And you see it in Proverbs 13, 24, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to, it doesn't say bank him or beat him with a rod. It says discipline him. And I think a lot of people, I think what, what worries people when they hear this conversation is that you're talking about some sort of like, you know, abdication of discipline, right? That somehow you are, you know, a lot of Christians will speak about like the secular influence of, you know, parenting philosophies from the 60s, which I got my whole other <laughs> uh, thoughts about that. But, but I think that, yeah, like you're just alluding to, like clearly discipline is a biblical concept, command. I mean, he talks about it, right? Who the Lord loves, he disciplines. Um, absolutely no way to, to read scripture and not understand that, you know, we're to discipline our kids or God disciplines us as his kids. But the question really is, well, what is that? And what does it look like practically? And how does that, again, too, like how does that connect to the, the ethic of Jesus, right? I've thought about that in terms of turning the other cheek, uh, the way that we think about. Well, and even, yeah, exactly. Right. We, we think of the rod, just to go back to the rod discussion in, in our Western mind, as opposed to a shepherd from a shepherd mindset of the rod being a tool, not mm-hmm. just of getting sheep to do something that they're not wanting to do or whatever, but also a tool of rescue, a tool of guidance and correction. And so to superimpose a violent picture onto discipline is even going to a certain degree. I mean, it, there is, um, you know, just a couple of verses later in, in chapter 14, it says, by the mouth of fool comes a rod for his back. And so that gives a bit of a violent picture to the use of rod, but here, like that's for a fool. <laughs> You're not supposed to be a fool. But I think. And again, I sorry. I, it just means like when you think about that, you know, clearly, the yeah. back of a fool is probably an adult, right? They're talking Israel in a theocracy mm-hmm. kind of understanding that the entire different mm-hmm. system of judicial process in which, yeah, yeah, in which um, the punishment was handed out. And, and again, to not again, the principle of mm-hmm. Proverbs is so important, right? That we're talking about, that we're not, you know, I'm not stripping Proverbs of its authority as a, as a scriptural book, but rather just saying that reading it in context and thinking through how 
how culturally we might be in thinking that we're upholding, you know, you, you use the, the, the phrase spare the rod, spoil the child and flourishing homes and families has a whole part on this as well. And I should, but they talk about how that's actually from a, a, a 17th century erotica poem. So the phrase itself, um, spare the rod, spoil the child, isn't in scripture. Spare the rod is, and spoiling of the child is in different contexts. But those two phrases are put together in a poem about erotica, like what you referenced in the beginning, like adult fetishes. Um, hmm. And it's just kind of been grafted into Western conversations about spanking kids. Yeah. So. I, I think one of the things that started me rethinking like how I discipline my kids because I <clears throat> early on, excuse me, early on, I think I kind of just disciplined and trained out of how I was disciplined and trained. I turned out, <laughs> so, but was more like studying, going in Bible college, going through the Torah and the Old Testament and realizing that actually when God disciplines people, like his discipline and and there are some there are some disciplines that are violent and it's kind of hard to to know what to do again this isn't towards it's not towards children necessarily but there are like men and women being conquered and in what look like slaughtered and and that's an aspect of the biblical story that that we struggle through however when you look when you look at it, the discipline that God brings, I think I think the biggest question is like, what do we make of the lack of narrative around pe- people that aren't God's people, right? And they're God's people are supposed to conquer them and everything. But like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have it right in front of me. I think it's Exodus twenty two or twenty three, somewhere between twenty two and twenty four. There, God is giving a command to the people of Israel not to in this case not to kill let me see if i can just look it up real quick but god while i look it up i'll keep talking like god's disciplines are the like the state if we continue in our direction the state we're going to end up in so that we're awakened and return back to him it's not just random pain just for the sake of feeling pain I'm trying to see if I can find it here. I think it's in this section, but I can't. Um, Exodus 22. Oh, yes, right here. Exodus 22, uh, 21. You shall not wrong a sojourner or oppress him for you who were sojourners in the land of Egypt. You shall not mistreat any widow or fatherless child. If you do mistreat them and they cry out to me, I will surely hear their cry and my wrath will burn and I will kill you with the sword and your wife shall become widows and your children fatherless. So this is... Like God disciplines the people of Israel by making widows and fatherless children because they were mistreating widows and fatherless children. And that's just, that's very typical. All throughout there is the passage of, of on, on justice according to God's design. Yes, there's discipline, but it's not these random just inflict pain so that you don't ever do that thing again, but more a discipline that's like, okay, if that's what you want to continue doing, this is what that's going to end up being like. You sure you want to go down that route? Right. And yeah, yeah, now I've rambled for so long. I can't entirely, something you said kind of 
trigger the whole conversation about discipline, I guess. But. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's interesting, right? Cause as, as Christians, we, I mean, you raise some good points about like, I mean, there is some really uncomfortable stuff in the old Testament that you just kind of have to go like, Oh yeah. man, like, I think if you're honest around uh, what God doing, you know, in terms of how he commands the people of Israel. But as Christians, in light of, you know, the new covenant, as followers of Jesus, you know, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So, I mean, we have that, right? And and Jesus is, you know, his kind of, the whole passion narrative is a kind of love over power that turns the other cheek, that gets, gets Peter sword away, that forgives from the cross. There's nothing punitive about what Jesus is doing. That's not to say that Jesus isn't disciplining and calling people to repentance and calling people to like a life abundant, but it's through a kind of like relationship that doesn't have that punitive pain that, you know, a kind of banking model does. And so I think all of that is just to emphasize like we very much affirm the proverb to discipline children part part of the responsibility of us as parents both you and i are parents and many parents listening is to train our children into and part of that is discipline because if you just let your child go in the wrong direction you all, you do hate them you, you don't actually love them i have the question okay so what are what are better ways to discipline but maybe we'll table that towards the end. That might be a, a better way of kind of landing the plane. The thing you shared with me from flourishing homes and families. Yeah. So they list the earliest is 1924, 1938, 1945, 1965. These are anthropologists, physicians writing about the effects of spanking on children and the brain one person oscar fister is that how you pronounce his name says corporal punishment induced well-marked sexual stimulation although the gluteal region is not within the domain of the genital organ so even even though it's not in the same area as genital organs it still produce sexual excitement well, one of the things that that i find interesting and this is their like the the whole post starts by if we really want to take care if we really want to prevent sex child sex trafficking we need to talk about how cultural practices kind of normalize abusing i'm i'm paraphrasing a little bit, abusing taking advantage of children and the notion that like when when a child is hit on the buttocks this kind of violent touch can be sexualized in the child's mind uh this isn't the quote i wanted Oh, the one below that. Spanking trains them to accept the idea that adults have absolute authority over their bodies, including the right to inflict pain. And being hit on the buttocks teaches them that even their sexual areas are subject to the will of adults. That's intense. And I think it can it can kind of, sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but I'm sure, and I, and that's why with this conversation, I always try to be sensitive to like I'm aware that different people experience things differently, but I'm also just being really honest about how, how it impacted me and why I, you know, trying to tell people about this. So for another person I spoke to who experienced this kind of thing in the same way, just as you've read there about the way that it created arousal for them, they were also raped, uh, but they were raped 
yeah. Anyway, this person said and wrote this, so I was asked if I could read it uh, when I'm on the podcast. Just this line, she said that she sees a lot of parallels. And again, I, I know this is intense, but I'm just going to say, between being spanked and raped. And the reason for them that they said that was both included a, a, a love mess, a twisted love message. Both included having to stuff emotions to survive. Both included bodily degradation. And both taught me that love was to submit no matter what. Both taught me that I did not have control over myself, but bigger people did. And I thought that really connected to what you just read there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think it's it's stuff like that that kind of jars me of my stupor. Like I can definitely identify with needing to stuff emotions to survive <laughs> in the middle of a spanking. Like I I, I clearly I have vivid memories of like willing and part of it was maybe my own stubbornness yet but just like willing i'm I'm not gonna show any emotion <laughs> but then part of it too is it it hurt like crazy but i don't like i i still knew that mm-hmm. only my parents should spank me and only and even then like it should only be on the the bottom and and so it, it's kind of jarring to be like it trained it trains them to accept the idea that adults have absolute authority over their bodies and that's kind of like i hearing these hearing your story hearing your friend's story these kinds of stories are like wh- yeah i've even even recently had a situation with one of my sons where it's like typically i would have spanked and i can't remember if i what I did, but I just remember the thought of like, what if, yeah, thinking through like, I have three sons, one daughter, what are their stories going to be that might be different than my own? And even though I'm wanting to discipline in love and care, I'm not one, I don't, I don't, and I don't think, I know my parents weren't, and I'm guessing most parents aren't wanting to train their kids that Adults have absolute authority over their body, but but that essentially that this has this. It's a subtle side effect of. I mean, it's kind of like another conversation we might have is. I I bring this up because my audience is going to be familiar mm-hmm. with me talking about this. But the the book Love and Respect is the subtitles are the respect every man the respect he desperately needs the love she most desires i think just like how that frame it's a subtle framing and it puts all the emphasis on men they need respect and so essentially this is one of those areas if i'm hearing you correctly that it's it's creating an environment where a lot of people read that subtitle love and respect and maybe don't think about like how it impacts Mm -hmm. the psyche of the culture um, and a similar thing might happen with with parents spanking their children, but it does. That's what I, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, and again, for me, like it's Russian roulette. So I can I think family you can have um, you can have like okay, both kids discipline spank the same way, uh, and and have you know very different outcomes. I think that probably was my family. And and but I think like you said, setting the environment. Hmm. A lot of this is. 
this is untested. Okay, so I'm not, this is not a study I've done. But I, it's interesting to me how many kids that I grew up with who were spanked the same way I was, particularly boys, would tell me they don't cry much. And again, I don't think that's like, that's not a necessarily a correlation or, or a causation kind of thing. But I do think you can set environments in ways that like people aren't even making the connection, right? Like they're not even thinking, oh, maybe a big part of this is, you know, the way I was disciplined and the way that I had to learn how to be. And, and that, you know, that can be more than just spanking, right? That can be an environment, but particularly because of the way that a child might process what's happening to them. Like it, it was for me. Yeah. Like the stuffing emotions thing. I mean, that's, that was huge for me. I learned how to, I became fantastic, like people pleaser, that kind of thing. And mm -hmm. really just stuffing it down because if you, you don't want to get hurt. So you figure out how to, how to not, you know, show things. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, thanks for, sharing this with me and, and for even i mean it makes me want to I'm, I'm in the middle of i've got two weeks left of the semester and i've got all kinds of research projects and finishing up here but it makes me want to dive into this even more because well for, for one thing it's obviously not something that's being talked about just a ton yeah well thank you for taking yep. the time today and and sharing your story i yeah, I enjoyed our conversation. I'd enjoy talking Absolutely. more different yeah. matters of trauma, church trauma, and stuff like that. Thank you for, for giving me this space. I really do appreciate it. Obviously, it's a you know, fairly personal part of my my life. So thanks for yeah, just giving me that, that space and the, the thoughtful questions and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. I, I hope they were thoughtful. Again, like I've said, it's a, it's a new new angle at least to the conversation whether it's sexuality or child rearing but it's something that i appreciate having been having brought to my attention and thanks for taking the time to discuss it absolutely thank you Unfeigned Christianity is brought to you by our members at Patreon. As a part of the membership program, you receive two deep dive essays a month and expanded versions of all our podcast interviews. If you would like to become a member, visit www.asherwhitmer.com forward slash member. Unfeigned Christianity podcast is also a part of two networks, the Restorative Faith Collective, where we have conversations about race, perspectives, and relationships in an Anabaptist context. To learn about more articles and podcasts, visit www.restorativefaithcollective.org. The second network is The Kingdom Outpost, where we talk about what it looks like to live as Jesus's nation in today's world. For more podcasts and articles, visit kingdomoutpost.org. Thanks for listening.